Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is my buddy and real estate entrepreneur, as well as wrestler, male model, and just all around entertaining and amazing person, Jeremy Black. I have been asking my good buddy Jeremy to come on the podcast for a long time. I finally got him. He booked uh, pretty quick, actually. He sent a link there and just kind of did the next day. So um, this was something I did different because I usually do a ton of notes and I have more structure of what I'm going to ask and how we're going to do things. But I know that Jeremy is more of a free spirit. So I intentionally actually this time just kind of let it roll. Um, whether it worked out good or bad, I just I knew he was going to just bring up stuff and go off on tangents that was going to open up dialogue and conversations. So a little way more of a free form than I've done in a very long time. But uh, a guy like that, man, he's everybody I talk to is like, hey, Jeremy's a free bird. You got to let him fly. So I tried to handle it like that. And I thought Jeremy killed it. I, he's got so many good things to say. The guy really needs his own podcast. Anybody who has not been exposed to Jeremy yet in some way, shape or form, definitely follow him on social media, follow Heritage, follow him, follow his dad. His whole family's awesome. But uh, Generations in Real Estate, Heritage Real Estate in California, speaker, one of the original guys, one of the founders of Fortune Builders with Dan Merrill and Paul Asian and all those guys, been investing in real estate and doing real estate. It's been in his blood forever. He's been doing that stuff for years and years and years. Lived in New York, wrestles with Uriah Faber, trains with Dominic Cruz, trains out of Victory MMA. You know, you check everything you could want in, in somebody who's a guest, an entrepreneur, and a good guy. You know, he knows how to be successful on the mass, knows how to be successful off the mass. It's just amazing with people. He's got great life skills, great life experience. And, uh, you know, just a, a guy who knows how to have fun, knows how to treat people right. And he's just got that energy about him that everybody that knows him remembers him. And he always has a positive impact on all the people that he surrounds himself with. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where we talk about it a little bit, but I, I watch sometimes the way I learn from mentors is sometimes you learn what to do and sometimes you learn what not to do. And uh, I always thought it was interesting doing some people watching every time we spend time with Jeremy, just to watch how he always is embracing situations and he's always embracing experiences and he's always very open-minded and he's always observing and experiencing people. And I think it's like a really good way to go through life when I watch him do stuff and just get himself into these like situations or these conversations or go experience this new food or these new places. But he's always open-minded and he always gives people the benefit of the doubt. I never see him going in with any preconceived notions or prejudices about anywhere or anything. Like everybody has a fighting chance. And it's almost like you're a cool person until proven otherwise. And uh, I think there's a lot to be said about that, about somebody like that, somebody who acts like that and uh, truly acts like that, not posts about that. I mean, I see behind the closed doors, like this is a dude um, that that really walks the walk. So I've always liked and respected Jeremy very much. And I was really excited to get him on the podcast. I've been pushing him. I don't even know if he wanted to do it. I think I kind of forced him, but uh, it was his first podcast. So I thought it was awesome. You know, um, it's not easy to get on here and do that stuff. But I think that uh, the more he got himself out there, he popped his podcast, Cherry. I think you're going to see this fun gentleman popping up everywhere, um, getting in tons of circles. He knows amazing people. So he needs his own podcast. If you listen to this, Jeremy, get your own man, get your buddies, Dominic and Uriah and Paul and all these fantastic people on there, man. Happy to help you out in any way, shape or form. But Jeremy's a stud. You guys are going to love this. We talk about all different kinds of things. He's got hysterical stories about 
real estate and just growing up in real estate, wrestling on the mats with Dominic and Uriah and all these different guys, lessons you've learned on the mats, lessons you've learned on all the mats. Uh, there are the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, the ups and downs of being a real estate investor, what it takes to actually be a good real estate broker, how to take care of your clients, what you guys as investors should be looking for in a great broker or investment firm or all those different things, especially if you're in Southern California. Touch base with him. See all the show notes for all the ways to link directly to Jeremy, directly to Heritage and all things uh, as far as that goes. So really appreciate Jeremy coming on. You guys are definitely going to love it. Follow Heritage, follow Jeremy, go contact him for any of your Southern California needs from lending to buying, to selling, to title, to all that different stuff. Check him out. Highly recommended as a person, personally, and professionally. While you are there checking stuff out, go to nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. The fee for this show is just to go on and subscribe, please. If you have some extra time, please leave a five-star review, a couple of positive comments, but really the way we keep getting these badass guests like Jeremy and Uriah Faber and all these people that come on and do these amazing things like Eric, the gentleman who risk all amazing, amazing people come on is by just knowing that you guys are enjoying what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're sharing personally, professionally. You do that by subscribing to the podcast. It takes two seconds. It's available literally everywhere you listen or watch. You can go to nicknicknick.com slash links and you'll see all the ways to directly link. And while you're there, please follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, whatever it is you do, whatever your scrolling pleasures are, we are on there and we are going to be sharing clips from the show. The way you let the guests know that they want to spread the word and encourage other people to come on and keep giving you guys free, amazing info and insight is just by interacting. Please just like, share, post, give a little thumbs up, give a little fist bump or something, tag a friend, ask a question to know that Jeremy knows that you saw this episode and appreciated his content and his information. If I'm not popping up in your feed, please just search me. So I start popping up in your algorithm and then just interact because we got a lot of really great guests coming up. And I want to keep this party going. The big thing here though, is I want to do real estate together. So whether you want to buy real estate from me, sell real estate to me or partner with me on some level, either text me directly the words real estate 516-540-5733 or DM me preferably on Instagram, but on any of the social media, sometimes I will miss it. So just be patient, but DM me the words real estate on any of the social platforms as well. And then we can start the conversation for how we partner together, how we work together, how you can buy from me, how you can sell from me, or all of the above things. And of course, if you would like a free checklist on all the ways to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent, wholesaler, or broker, go to nicknicknick.com slash pockets. And you can get some free information there. So really excited to talk to Jeremy. Uh, we break down a bunch of things. We talk to my buddies, Ally Quinta, Aljamain Sterling. And I just heard that there was going to be the return of Chris, the All-American Wideman, on the same card in August in Boston that Aljamain Sterling is going to beat up Sean O'Malley at. So I am really proud of Chris Wideman. Very excited that he's making his, his comeback and his return. I mean, just even getting back into the guys are already a winner. So incredible story. I love when people achieve incredible things that people count them out for. So really excited for Chris, really excited for Aljo, and really excited for you guys to listen and link up with Mr. Jeremy Black. A-Game Podcast. Have a fantastic day. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast has been one of the hardest guests in the history of the show to actually get on. But we did it, and we made it happen we have a special appearance. It is his first podcast, but I feel like it's going to be a long line. They're going to be falling over trying to get you on because you were one of the most friendly and entertaining and just interesting and personable people I have ever come across. I am delighted to have you on and be the first person to have you on so I can look back and say you are going to be one of the people like five others, like the Jennings and the Javier's and the Chris Kelly's that have become multi-multi-millionaires after they popped their podcast cherry. So today we have a very special guest that we're going to reference within the next couple of years. My friend who is a real estate entrepreneur, 
heritage real estate, family owned and operated for generations. I'm rocking the show at Overwear. He is a former male model, probably still male model. If you guys are watching, this is going to be higher, higher rated on the YouTube. I guarantee you when they see this, he oh. is a wrestler. He's got great instinctual jujitsu. We have trained together. He is a genuine, one-of-a-kind human being, a surfer, a public speaker, a keynote guy. You name it, this guy has checked the box for pretty much everything. And on top of all the successful things, I don't know a single person who has ever said a bad word about you, and I know a lot of people who know him. And the one common thread is like whenever I know somebody who knows somebody, I go, hey, by the way, do you know my guest today? And they go, I know that guy. He's the best. Everybody loves him. Everybody that comes across wants to hang out with him. You can't get enough of him. And we have him here as our guest for the next hour. Please welcome to the A-Game Podcast and welcome to the podcast world for the first time, Mr. Jeremy Black. Wow. Wow. That was great. <laughs> Oh, that was, intense, bro. that was, that was, thank you. That, that was, that, that was, that never, that's always nice to hear that you're too kind. That was very nice of you. Dude, uh, you're you're it. a fan favorite, man. Every, everybody that knows you loves you or like, even if they met, you're like one of those guys that if people came across you once four years ago on the line at the bathroom at a party, they remember it. Like that's, that's a talent, man, that most people don't have. That's why when we first started kind of connecting on stuff and I was like, dude, you should be more on your social media because people are just going to watch you and they're going to want to keep watching you. Like you have that energy that people just want to be around. It's like a contagious positivity. And man, I, I just, I love it. So, and I can feel it even through the camera, even though you've had a beer the entire time that we've been friends. And now for some reason, you just, you don't, we'll go into it. But for people who might be living under a rock and have not had the amazing pleasure of meeting you yet, give a little bit of a 30,000 foot view of who you are, where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, well, my Jeremy, yeah, you know, we, we, we met and I'll never forget our first phone call. Um, <laughs> I was going down the five freeway I was heading south you know and we you you and I uh connected I picked up the phone and I, from that moment on it was just a great great conversation how it flowed organically and you know it's you you I think you like you said you, you try to you know be the best version of yourself and 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 you know you go places I think it's always you know try to be be you know be nice to everybody right you never know what other people are going through in their lives and things like that but uh, you know, obviously, it 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 you're the same way, and we, you know, and it doesn't mean I haven't made my mistakes, and don't you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like that knucklehead, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think started in the real estate business. I, I, uh, I, my family, my my all my life, I remember my my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather. Um, you know, they worked in a real estate office. The first real estate office they worked in was Realty World um which was an old school company it was real small you know and uh you know they had the phones they were picking up the phones and things like that and and uh that just grew you know i the love of of, of real estate kind of watching your family do it it was a, it was a great place for me i would i'd walk for my junior high uh you know chaparral elementary junior high and i'd walk to the office after school you know because they're working that that's just what we did and walk there and walk around the office and at that time they were at century 21 en reality and uh yeah they you know you go in your grandma was in in at her little desk doing her thing you know and you know your godmother's you know tony lewis is over there your grandfather your dad and you just got to know everyone i i i you know on that side of the family i grew up around realtors and and that you know on the other side I, my mom she 
uh, you know, was in in like the service industry too. She started off as as a as a nail technician, which she still loves to do to this day. You know, she worked in a, a salon called Cartel and uh, did nails. <laughs> you know, uh, and and so those are like my two families. Was these two kind of like that's where I'd go when I you know home home to those two places when they you know go with them to work and I you know my dad would always say go to college right go to college you know because real estate agents and you know real estate professionals I think work harder than a lot of people out there really realize you know the different things that go on behind the scenes and 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 you know uh so my dad would uh, said go to college right and at that time no one in my family had done that so I, I went to UC Davis in Northern California um, and as you mentioned, I love to wrestle. I started wrestling in high school and fell in love with the sport, the people. I think there's something there. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Paul, yesterday, actually, uh, Paul Sajan, and, and, you know, talking about the group of people that you meet in wrestling and I think combat sports and mixed martial arts, there, there's a really, really unique realness to those people. Uh, maybe it's what they do, but I know wrestling kind of breaks down barriers. And so, Anyways, I was, I was very lucky to go to college there and, and, and got to wrestle. I was a walk-on. Uh, so I, you know, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a blue chipper. I, I walked on, but I, I did love the sport and I was, I was very lucky and, you know, uh, to have coaches that said, okay, yeah, come, come, come to practice, you know, and let you, let us do that. So graduated there. And while I was there, I got into modeling. I, I, I went to a funny quick story just for people to know the story. I, I don't actually talk about it that much, but you you did you introduced it there early so <laughs> figure we better not leave any blank spaces but uh while i went to wrestle at a camp in iowa uh like as a senior high school senior because i wanted to get better at the sport and it was it was it was a uh, an uh, iowa hawkeye arena and it was a guy dan gable and it was like two week intensive camp and so i i went to that thing and while i was there this guy bruce weber is taking pictures you know with a you know pin tax film camera and uh wrestling wasn't one of those sports in california where you didn't have all that sort of no one was taking pictures of us right like yeah uh, you know you didn't get a lot of attention as a high school wrestler and uh it was cool the guy took an interest he, he was just taking pictures literally like old school film taking shots and and was there and and I, and I, and he was cool too. He was like into the sport and that, that became a book. His name was Bruce Weber who took that. And uh, it became a book called branded youth, um, which is still out there probably on the shelf. Some of those probably one copy of it, Nice, but uh, you know, I, and I, I went to Davis and I, like two years later, the guy calls the wrestling office. I'll never forget this. Cause all my coaches, those people, you know, you know, wrestling coaches, they, they, they'll, the good ones know how to really, you know, uh, play, play with you mentally. I'll, you know, test you mentally. If uh, I'll say, you know, they're, they're always playing mind games with you because they care. Right. And, and uh, so I get this call at my dorm or wherever college sophomore and, and it's Brendan Buckley, the assistant coach. And he's like, Hey, you need to come to the office. We got some call from somebody that said he took pictures of you a couple <laughs> years ago. We got some questions, you know, whatever. And so I go in there, you know, and, uh, they and I, I thought I was getting cut when he called me at first I thought I was getting cut from the team like oh great they're cutting the walk on you know why is coach calling me at two in the afternoon like an hour or two before practice right anyhow uh I called the guy back and he goes oh you know we want to use you for this thing called Amber Crombie Fitch and you know and then the story's history from there I, I I wrestled finished wrestling graduated there and then moved to New York moved to New York uh uh 
you know, that again, not, you know, modeling is weird. You get one job and it might be Armani and then you might, you never, never work again. You know, you're going yeah. on casting calls. It's actually another tougher job than people give it credit for. You're just walking around a hot city in the summer or a humid place or, or a freezing cold place, you know, in the winter with your comp book, you know, <laughs> just showing it to people trying to get a job, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I got to be there 10 years, 11 years. I, I moved there in 2001. I left there in 2011 to move to San Diego. Uh, and one of the things my dad had said to me as I left for New York going to model is he said, I, I want you, I want you to get your real estate brokerage license. He said, Jeremy, that I, you know, at that point, I, my dad was, he's always really supportive. And, and I, I think, you know, you grow as a parent too, as, as you're, you know, it's like anything, real estate, you continue to grow wrestling, you know, you continue to grow the, all these things. And he said, you know, I think actually you might've made a joke. You might've said, I've asked you to do a couple of things. One, learn Spanish two learn to play the, the, the piano, you know, and you didn't do any of those, right? <laughs> so do me one favor, just get your stupid license, you know? And so I did that. In 2003, while I was in New York, in between different things, I studied for the California broker's license online and then flew to California and did like a, a, like a crash course on it, right? I'm te terrible at test taking, as you know, <laughs> talk about dyslexia and things like that. And I'm just not great at test taking. So I took the crash course, whatever. And man, I got lucky. I passed that thing, you know, walk baggy with like your pins in it and stuff and take the test. And did that in 03. And then I've had my broker's license ever since. So, um, you know, got into real estate investing there in New York uh, with a couple of friends of mine. Um, one I wrestled with and, and we bought our, actually bought our first place, you know, in, again, I wasn't using my broker's license, but we, we bought our first place. I, I you know, 2000, right then in 2003, we were, we were living in a 500 square foot, two bedroom, one bath, down in uh on Kinmare and Mulberry right above like Nolita or above Little Italy and all that right and uh and we're paying two thousand bucks a month you know nice so, that's crazy right like you know New York City and uh we went to a seminar we went to uh I don't know if a lot of people we went to like an event it was at the Jacob Javinar uh you know and it was like a, a real estate where everyone spoke I mean I think everyone spoke there from Tony Robbins to I remember like Ron Legrand and, and, you know, Zig Ziglar and all those different people. And, um, you know, I, we ended up buying, I bought a course there. I literally had bought a course and, and, and I don't think I used anything in that course. I don't even know if I read it. I probably didn't open it after I paid for it actually, to be fair. But I, uh, it motivated me, you know, to like maybe try to do something. So I ended up with my buddy, Paul, who, again, I think that's something like business, it's important whether it's it's wrestling or it's business or it's real estate. I think to be around people that you admire or like that are that you you know are better than you in a lot of ways. And not to say like better and you know, but like they're smarter. They have they have intangibles that maybe you don't have. You know, um, and putting yourself around those people, he he was one of them. So we ended up, which I think is crazy now, right? Like we ended up buying a condo in the East village on 10th between B and C and we split it. We literally, it's like when you, how you and I met, he, you know, he's the same type of guy, right? Like our conversation, in that car, I'll, I'll never forget. Like I knew oh, I could trust this guy. Like we, you know, and so we just went into it and we were young. We had nothing to lose. Right. And, and uh, we, we put 
I think we put $60,000 on a five, it was a $560,000 condo in 2003. And uh, we put 60 grand down, we split it down the middle, like 30, 30, bought this thing. And, and I, I remember then like, uh, this attorney, you know, in New York, it's an attorney closing, right? Like you, you close with attorneys, you know, and they represent title. And so you go into, in this case, we went into an, like an attorney's office and we're, and, and I'm literally writing the last check, you know, like the closing cost check. And it was like $22,000, oh. you know, and the guy looked across true story. This is a true story. Looked across at Paul and I and goes, you're brick rich and cash poor. How's it feel? <laughs> <laughs> New Yorker, right? Complete New Yorker. Uh, and that was that, that, that then got, I think, started me in that process uh, of, of today where that, you know, long way to answer the question, but today we're, we own a, a, a real estate brokerage family owned. I'm a part of that. We own an investment part of our company too, where we buy and, and sell homes, um, renovation, you know, flips, whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, which has been fun. And I've been doing that since around 2000 three about that time that was part of that thing that started that kind of idea you know um so and we have an escrow company uh we also have a mortgage company it's a wholesale lending company um you know and 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 my dad's actually a part owner of a company called priority title here in california i think he's a 10 percent owner but it's nice because you know now here being in california when i call if i represent you you know as a seller oftentimes we get to pick title right so you know, I can call or if there's a title issue, I, you know, it's such a nice thing that I've been around these people since I was three, four, five or six. I, I call Sherry Hill, who she remembers when I'm eight and she works there, you know, and I get to talk to these people that, you know, again, are better, in a lot of ways better than me. Uh, so I, I can help a client in ways that I think is, is, is kind of unique. You know, I was saying I, I can pick up the phone and call the owner of the escrow company because I've known her since I was eight years old. <laughs> you know, uh, they've been in and around our fan, like, you know, where I, that growing up and walking there every day after school, you know? And so it, it's been a really fun journey from, I would say, starting our investment career in, in the East coast, you know, from New York, we started buying in Connecticut, as, as you know, um, and then moving in 2011, really back home to California. I really, I, I think that goes back to maybe why, I, I feel like I can, I can relate to a lot of people, you know, and maybe, you know, and that, that may then in turn, they, oh, I like that guy. Cause I, I think part of that is having been able to go from East coast to West coast. I know we talked about that. Like we, we became, that was something we could talk about immediately. Cause I was familiar with having, you know, Connecticut and Long Island and, you know, those, those areas that I, I feel like the East coast, I was there right after college from about 23 to like 33 right 30 right in that and those were neat years to live there you know they help they help form who i am today you know i, I love the east coast and and i feel like in some ways it helped raise me you know there, especially doing real estate there because it was different right like we talked about oh yeah you know here we have escrow companies so you know the escrow handles that we're there it's you know and that that's kind of an interesting topic right that i don't know if if a lot of people know too, is like, you know, there's different ways that like, you know, we're a trust, a deed of trust state here in California, New York's a mortgage state, Connecticut's a, mor a mortgage state, right? Which, you know, it, so 
that I don't, do we have any more questions there? Was that, did I no, no, that's all? awesome. And I was letting you go through it. There's a million different things we could talk about there, but you're right. And that used to mess me up because when I would do all like my private lender docs, I would have to switch it all for like deed of trust more like that one word made it like a non-legal. It's like, they don't even do that in that state, dude. And I was like, oh man, like I had to go back. So like those little things, man, it's, it's, it's the onion. Like, just like everything else, when you talk about like real estate wrestling, like, well, you know, you, you grab a guy, you throw him on the ground, you buy a house, you sell a house. It's like, no, man, there's so many things. And the more, you know, the more you realize like you don't know. So it's kind of a whole crazy thing, but there are a hundred different topics we could talk about there. One of them I definitely want to bring up is like you being somebody who is, you know, on the surface, like a very confident, very comfortable in your own skin. I think it's uh, always a refreshing thing when I get on because the conversations become the same, whether it's somebody who has a podcast or, you know, you would think something like, like if, if you could go out and be a model, you must walk around being like, I'm the best looking guy and like just total confidence. But one of the things that you said that immediately was like, man, like I completely understand this guy is you were very vulnerable the first conversation, because like, I think, uh, and it was so weird the way you met, because I was like, man, I'm looking for, and like somebody that I trust who never recommends anybody said, you should look up this guy. And when I did, I was like, holy crap, like wrestling. I think he's friends with Uriah Faber. Like, I didn't even realize we were going to become friends like we did. But like, looking back, it was like, I don't know how I didn't know you sooner. But you were like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry, I haven't gotten on the phone or, or something. And you were like, I knew I should have called, but I kept getting in my head of like, just like those insecurities of like, well, what I'm mean, like, and I do the same thing. And like everybody I know does the same thing, but everybody thinks like, well, it must just be me. Like, no, everybody feels weird about like walking into a party and not knowing who's there or like getting on a podcast and being nervous about like where it's going to, but like you do it anyway. And I feel like, like that's really the difference between the, 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 the Paul Asians and the Than Merrills and the Jeremy Blacks and like the Dominic Cruz and the Uriah Fabers and all the guys that we surround ourselves with now that are successful, they don't feel any different than anybody else. Like you're nervous, scared, but also excited, but you do the thing anyway, regardless of it. So my roundabout question there is like, what is, what is it that you tell yourself? Because it's very easy. Like even before this, I was running around and you were like, Hey man, we can just reschedule. The easy thing to say is like, yeah, let's just reschedule. But it's like, well, no, because that's just a, that's just me copping out. You know what I mean? It's like, no, let's do this. I said, I was going to do this. And you have to practice that. And the better you get at it, I think the more success you find, but you come from a place of saying yes to things where I don't think that's actually your nature. So I just think that that's a fascinating topic. I'll let, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, definitely. Like I, I was nervous. Even I told you, said to you earlier, right? I'm you know first time doing. I've always wanted to do a pod. I like listening. I listen to I listen to I listen to your podcast. Or I was going to say, you know, first long time listener, first time caller type. You know, <laughs> that the right thing to say there. But you know, I was listening to a podcast. I've, I've been listening to this one called Smart List. Sure. And uh, you know. Uh, there's I, I like them and i but i've never done one and i've always thought like oh i, I want to do one and to your point then i you know in my own head was thinking like well i don't have a microphone i don't have i, I don't have the cool headsets i gotta have the headsets <laughs> i feel like they really do it i i need those headset things you know uh and so you, then you i think you naturally at least i do right as i i sometimes will like go through my own head and and like oh, the reasons why I, I can't do something or or you know you 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 kind of like i think either it's shy or, or you're you're a little you know it it creates a little bit of anxiety maybe you know uh and and i think going pushing through that you know and and saying okay i'm gonna do it anyways like you said like i'm gonna i'm gonna do something i've never done before and you know i hope i don't fall flat on my face but you know and make a fool of myself but 
but if I do, at least I did it. And, and I can learn from that too. You know, I can take away from that something there, you know, and, um, you know, then you start to like get comfortable with that process. I think if something makes you nervous or, or, or if, if something kind of, you know, you're shy about something, you know, you should, maybe that is a reason to do something right. Or, you know, um, I think that's, you see it all the time with buyers and sellers, right? They, even excitement, I think sometimes when people are really excited, that that emotion can be sometimes like confused with like anxiety or nervousness, right? I get so excited, I'm nervous, you know? Um, but yeah, I think you, like you said, you just, you try, and, and there's times I don't, right? I, like, I think, what was it? Uh, uh, somebody's really smart one time said like you, you, that you, you like, you, you don't, you don't ever regret the decisions you made in life. You'll like regret the decisions you didn't make. I think it was yeah. like Mark Twain or somebody. I butchered it, but it was like, you know, you don't, re- you don't, you don't ever look back and regret the decisions you made. Cause you made it, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Right. It's like, you know, if I do this, is it going to be a good thing? I don't know. It could be good or bad. Let's say, you know, I think there's a problem that I'll, proverb on that too. Like, like a Chinese proverb, like, is it good or bad? I don't know. So you know, <laughs> find out when you do it. Right. It's like, uh, you know, and I like same. it's like, be, be, you know, as corny as it sounds like conscientious, right. Be conscious of like those feelings that you have. And I think sport teaches you that in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, I think definitely wrestling or like a mixed martial art, uh, you know, definitely, I think mixed martial art too. And wrestling, you know, they, they go in, you go into a mat on a circle for wrestling, right. And you, you're in there and you got a great teammate and all these things, but you have to make that step like you. And, and once you're out there, it's only you and that other person. And, and really you could probably boil that down. It's, it's just you and you, right. It's, it's the physical you and the, the things going on in between your ears. Right. And I, I think that's a great thing about having, I didn't know it at the time, but falling in love with the sport of wrestling. And that's, I think why at, at 40, when people ask me like, why you still do these tournaments, you know, it's like, I, I, I still learn from it. I still, you know, I, I, I get that feeling again. And that's another, like, and then it reminds me like, okay, I'm going to get that in business. I'm going to get that in life. I'm going to get that in my relationships, you know, with friends and, and otherwise, you know, and uh, I think it keep, keeps you sharp uh, there in a way that maybe other sports don't, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I admire so much about the friends we have in the, in that world, right. The dominant cruises, the Uriah favors, you know, you know, and the list goes on, right. The, the, those two, I have, have had a chance to spend some time with and really admire and, 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 and care about as, as really good friends. And, and, you know, I see their, their process with it. Right. It's like, you know, um, and I think we're lucky to be able to have people in all different aspects of life. Like, I think that's a neat thing about, I think real estate professionals and, you know, at least in my space in the work that I do, whether it's the entrepreneurial side or it's just the representation, which I, I get a lot of value and fun out of representing buyers and sellers and helping someone buy their next investment home or helping someone sell a house, right. And go through that process. Like we recently helped a lady sell a home who in Escondido and, and, and she bought this house when she was 19 you know, and having known her, I'm sure, you know, she wouldn't mind me sharing these, this with you and, and the, our, you know, our one listener that, that, you know, <laughs> that we're going to have, I told my parents, so we might have two there, 
uh, until I told my mom and dad, it's, you got to doing a podcast, you know? So it's awesome. Definitely can't wait to send it to him. But, um, you know, she, she had had a whole life there, right? She had had a divorce there. She had raised kids there. She's remarried, right? And, it, and her and her new husband, and, you know, they live in a totally different place. And, but she still had this process she had to go through to sell this house, you know, um, and, and, and that's, it, I think sellers go, it's fun to help people go through those processes. And I think good real estate professionals, that's what we do at the end of the day. Right. And so our sport, that's why we, you know, why I do what I do in that way, still with the sports and, and try to, you know, I think if we, if we don't do it ourselves, it's hard to help somebody, not impossible, but like, it's, it's much easier to help somebody when you're, when you're also working on those things, you're, I think you have more empathy for their, for their process, right? Like it's easy for you and I, 20 years in the industry, buying and selling as much as you've done, right. And the investments that you've made, you know, the, the, it's hard to flex that muscle, right. You know, you know, where a newbie comes in or, or maybe a retail person, you know, they may have done a few things, but they haven't done what you've done right? They haven't, they don't, haven't had that experience. I love that, man. You know, I, I feel like the one, of the, one of the things I tell people a lot, you've heard me say it a hundred times when we've been out together, but you know, I, I say like, yeah, you know, real estate is, is about money. Like that's obviously what you want to make, but really the way you get into real estate and you stay in real estate is by treating people right. And it's about relationships and reputations, you know? So not that it's always perfect, but you know, when you, when you do things with integrity and you're always trying to do the right thing, you know, it's, it, that's where it starts to come from. And, and I feel like you're somebody, and I'd be interested to see if this came from you, from your parents, because shout out, your dad is so cool, man. Like same type of guy, like met him, fall in love with him instantly. You're just like, man, what a, what a, just so welcoming. Like me and Joe, shout out to Joe Casey. Like we were like, man, like, of course we're going to go to dinner. Like, you know, how could we not like, but total entertainer. But to that point, you know, you grew up in uh, like a brokerage, like with guys that, your whole life, you saw people that had to eat what they kill or they didn't survive, which I think is like a very like important piece of that. And then you look at what they've done. And then now you have people that you've wrestled with. And on the mats, like one of the things I think is a unique thing for you that probably I, I would assume definitely helps your reputation and your brand with heritage and with all the stuff, Jeremy Black, that you're doing. But the reason that people want to sponsor you in wrestling, the people want to come to you to bring you on the road to be a keynote speaker or to buy or sell their house because they trust you with their whole, like you said, a lifetime that they've had in there. It be, it's because you seem to be open to everybody. Like you're one of the few guys that you say yes and like enjoy the experience of things like almost nobody I've seen. For for instance, like we went out to dinner and we went to this like club in L.A. that was like like a really like local Mexican restaurant. They like frisked us for guns and stuff before we went in. Like That's we were right. the only people in there that didn't speak. And you were like they had like married. And it was such an amazing experience. Like the waitress came over with the menu and like you couldn't understand her. She couldn't. And you were like, whatever you just said, it sounded amazing. So, yes. And then like the day before that. Shout out to Mark Gaines. He was like, dude, me and Jerry went to some like metal biker club. He's like, and I was on, the only black dude in there. But like, you don't seem to see like anything but like we're people and this is going to be an amazing experience. And you seem to go into places where people might think like you're going to get in trouble, but you don't. Like you go in and people just accept you. And I think it's because you just have this way with people of like, we're kind of all the same. Like we're all broken. We're all like you have this common denominator of going into things and just making people feel comfortable. 
And like I, I, the story you told me about going into the gay club, like it doesn't matter. Black club, white club, like low end club, high class club, model club, gay club. Like you're in there and you're having a good time and you're making friends everywhere you go. Did you get that from your dad? Did you learn to just be acceptive of people from all different creeds, race and colors from mixing it up on the wrestling mats? Like where did you learn to be so open and accepting of people? Because I think if we had more of that in the world, that everybody would be in a better place. Oh, well, you're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> Oh, that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Where, where do we, where do we get things like that? Where do we, where do we take those traits? You know, and I, and I would say that from a lot of people, first off, yeah, your parents, right? My mom and dad, you know, by all means, I think would, they're not, they weren't perfect and they're not perfect and neither am I, right? Like none, nobody is, but, but I, but I, they, I had great parents. I was lucky that I had, you know, they cared, you know, um, they definitely were supportive. I mean, you know, I think now, you know, when I let, you know, my son or daughter go to New York at, you know, you know, <laughs> fly out there with no money, just got graduate college debt, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, I, and, I, and I remember him saying to me there too, that's something my dad said. And I, I'm, I, I'm sure, other, you know, other parents have said this too, but he, he said, look, Jeremy, you're, cause I didn't know, right. Going back to like making those decisions and, you know, you know, I, I, my plan at the time was, you know, I thought I would join the Marine Corps and be an officer in the Marine Corps. I still wanted to wrestle and thought, you know, that would be the option. At least that was sort of what I had written down in my goal book, kind of, you know, maybe my senior year or something. Um, but, you know, he said to me, look, and I was nervous. I like, I shouldn't go. I don't know if I'm going to get there out of it. And, and he said to me, you know, Jeremy, you're old enough to make the decision, right? Like you're old enough to decide for yourself but you're also young enough. Like if it doesn't work out and you fall flat on your face, like you can, you can rebuild, you know? And I, and, and I thought that was a really neat thing. So I think that, you know, partly them, they were very open people and they were different, right? My mom worked in a hair salon and a nail salon. And, you know, I would say it was more from the artsy side. You know, my dad was kind of more of a business side, but he had, he had that sort of, you know, he was from the disco era. The guy, the guy wore two <laughs> pinky rings. I mean, he can't, he loves everybody, you know? <laughs> uh you know and i think that that so that and then and then new york right you know being in the modeling world you're you're around all different types of people and i and i and i i would see people that were you know a little bit prejudiced or a little bit maybe you know uncomfortable with the differences in, in those people and or the different people we might be around because you didn't know who was going to be on a set or on a shoot or who the art director might be or the makeup artist or you know uh and and so then you're like, ah, oh, you know, why is that person a little nervous or, you know, whatever? Why? And, and, and I think you learn in that, in that environment too, there's, there's jerks there in every environment, right? There's, there's, there, you know, and, and there's bad, you know, whatever, but you know, you, you, that definitely helped broaden my horizons and put me around great people that were super cool, that were totally different than me and that they, they were nice and they cared and they, I mean, everything that I think we all have in our lives comes because other people have really helped us get there, right? Or support us along the way, whether we know it or not. It's not necessarily the ones that are always there, like saying, hey, you know, it, it's it's the the people on the sidelines that you don't see, you know? I mean, um, and so, yeah, New York, definitely in that experience. And then I have to say, as a, as a realtor, as a California real estate broker for now 20 years, you know, <laughs> we can't discriminate, right? I don't, I don't care what creed 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 color you know 
sexual preference, how you want to identify, whether you like Trump or you like a, a Democrat, a, you know, Obama or whoever, Biden, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll still help you buy a house. I will still help you sell a house, you know? And I think that's a great thing about our industry for the licensed professionals, you know, and there's a lot of ways to do it, but that's the biggest thing I've gotten, believe it or not, I've gotten out of being a licensed broker is the amount of things we go through on discrimination, right? I mean, I just did a class uh, where I had to take a class, right? I had to listen to this class. And in this class, they were saying like, look, even sometimes we might say like, you might not like a neighborhood like this or this neighborhood's not, you know, or, or I, you know, like I'm okay with your lifestyle. Like you probably wouldn't say that to like a heterosexual. I wouldn't say that to, to my, yeah. my, my, you know, Paul and Andrea, like, oh, I'm okay with the way you live, but, but, you know, and you're not probably saying it in a negative way, but how it could be perceived is like, well, why would you even say that? You know, like, why would you even, you don't need to say that. Right. Like, you know, and uh, so that's also led to me being open to, to a lot of different people. And I think you learn for me, for me, I, you know, I, I, I learn by all the different opinions. I don't agree with them all. You know, Dominic Cruz and I were having this conversation last night, like yesterday, you know, saying, look, like I, we don't have to always agree on different thoughts, right? Like, I don't, you know, I can respect what you say and respect how you feel about something because it's real to you and genuine, but I don't have to agree with it to, to, to still respect, love and care about you, you know? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you're, you're a full-blown, you know, New Yorker, right? You know, you're, you're, a, you're, from, you're from Strong Island, man, you know, San Diego and Strong Islands. I don't know if they're supposed to get along, but it, it, <laughs> it, when they do, it just, it's like a, it's like, you know, it can't be broken. It's like, you know, I think that's how you do it. Right. It's, you know, everyone else out there, it's mad at each other. They, yeah, they're, 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 you know, we're all better together. Like as a team, yeah, like, man. you know, mixed martial arts is, is probably one of the best examples of that all those train, all those people that are in there training, beating each other up today. I, I went to a practice this morning at 10. I kind of just watched, but I went to the, uh, to the victory MMA here in San Diego and watched the Alliance fight team. And they've got a couple guys, I think fighting this weekend, but the guys that were kind of prepping for a fight, they had spar practice, which as a wrestler, I just stand there. I don't do it. I just, I just jump some rope, you know, I don't, yeah. but you know, but these guys are going sparring at one another and they're, and they're going rounds where they're throwing punches and kicks and try, you know, and, and two guys end up with little, little cuts here. They're fine, but you know, and at the end of it, everyone came together in that practice and, and they all, you know, hug, you know, came together and acknowledged each other, whether it was a handshake or, you know, and that, I think, you know, that's another community where, yeah, you know, wrestling and there's there's all different types of people in that room, black, white, yeah. Mexican, you know, different ethnicities, you know, I mean, you know, there's you know, from everywhere. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Reach out to me on any of my social media channels. You will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start 
is today. Yeah, That's one of the things that I've always loved about jujitsu is I, I tell people when I got to like actually know the certain, like, cause you don't know at first you go in there, you train with these guys and then you go out and you have some drinks or you're like sitting on the sidelines or like you're out in the parking lot. And then like these two guys are like having a great conversation and they're at the car and this class let out 30, 40 minutes ago. And these two guys are still standing at the back of the car, having a conversation. And eventually they go their separate ways. And then I go, man, like, what do those guys do? And it's like, well, that guy's a cop and that guy's a robber. You know, that guy's like an IRS <laughs> agent. That guy's like, you know, it. and it's outside in any other world than any other place. Like these two should never be together, but you don't realize those other parts of the people to laughter. So it's really the great connector. Like I've never seen anything else like it that when you leave there, it's like, oh, like you find out three years later, like we're not actually supposed to be friends, but by then you're already inseparable. Like the mat is the truth, man. Like those relationships are just, it's it's just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Like I, I've never rolled with somebody and while you're in the middle of training, been like, are they black? Are they fat? Are they skinny? Are they rich? Are they gay? Like nothing. You're just like, man, this guy's got my neck and I better get his hand off. This guy's trying to punch me in the face. I better go the other. Like, you know, and then at the end of it, you respect them for it. And like, it's just, it, it breaks down barriers and just you, you wind up having a respect for people based on their work ethic and based on how they, like, you see what they are. Do they actually, are they there to hurt you or are they there to help you? And you know that really quick. You know, and that, and that I think is a huge thing where, like you were saying, I do know a lot of people that they'll say like, hey, I'm okay with anybody, but they do have these, not even prejudices, but they treat people different ways. Maybe they're looking for certain things. And there's a handful of people I can say right off the bat that I've seen them in so many different situations. And I always watch them treat people the same. And the only denominator is if the person's like a dick, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're a dick, then you're out. I don't care if you're a fat dick, a skinny dick, a black dick, a white dick, a rich dick, a poor, but like, if you're a dick, you're not my people. And like Matt, Sarah and Ray Longo, they're those kind of guys. Like all they see is like, are you cool? And if you're cool, we'll be cool. But like the second you're not, and I've seen you do the same thing, man. Like you're just looking at like, man, are you a cool person? And like Faber, dude, like a great example of like, he could have big time. There'd been like, what can you do for me? And like, I never got that. So I'm watching the people that you are around act like the same way like i i've never met polarization but i'd assume like at this level in the game he's not like unless you flipped 100 properties don't fucking talk to me you know like that type of thing man so i think it's just incredible yeah he, he's a he's a good guy he's another one of the good ones you know he's, he's definitely I had, I, I had two cool conversations the third one today it's been a good week for me i i and i i think that's important too is taking time to talk to the people in life and business or in athletics or, you know, surrounding, you know, taking back and talking to those people like you and I connecting, right. We all get busy. I got a chance to sit down with Paul for like a couple hours, hour or so yesterday afternoon. And his mom lives down the street. So I saw his mom I've known forever. We went to college together and that's kind of cool, right. To, to have these people in your life for a long, long, long periods of time. Right. That, I think that also teaches you how to, you know, be friendly to people and make friends you know be genuine it teaches you good friends i think in a, more than anything teach you how to be yourself right because they call you out on things right so they know when you're not like you know the best version which i we all have been i you know i i i am not always you know when i look back i could have been a better in that scenario right um but i think good friends you know uh, call you out right and and they they help you get better there uh you know I mean, I was, I was going to say like, even like, I love what, uh, Ally Quint is doing, right. At, you know, Long Island, I, I follow him and I love, you know, and, and I only really know him through you. Right. And, and our conversations and I haven't even had a face to face with him, you know, but I feel like having watching him and kind of talking with you about what he's doing, 
he's another one. I look at his, his business and go, man, that guy, he's doing great. Right. And he's, and he's genuinely himself. Right. And the business, oh, yeah. it's like the, it's like real estate won't make you money. People make you money, you know, and, and, and they, and they like, you know, even fakes and phonies don't like other fakes and phonies. Right. So, <laughs> you know, it's like being who you are as hard as that can be at times, you know, and we are ever growing and changing, but you know, being genuinely who you are, I think most people, even people that have a hard time with themselves, they, they, they like you and they, they respect it, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, and so that conversation with Paul, great yesterday, just, it was like an hour, you know, sat there and talked to him about his business and what they're doing and, you know, the, kind of everything that we had done together. He, we have been partners for a long time, did a lot of real estate together in Connecticut. And thereafter, partly I moved here for, with those guys, right. When, when, when Paul and Than got married, Than got married out here and came out for the wedding. I was living in New York and had to fly back at it. Like, you know, it was probably about this time, you know, February, March, whatever it was, April, you know, and it was still cold in New York. I was like, Oh man, yeah, I yeah. knew I was in trouble. I knew I was in trouble, you know, coming out here. Um, and then I got a chance yesterday after that, uh, had a little dinner with Dominic Cruz and just sat at his house. We watched part of the, uh, the, uh, the, the, I got there a little late. So I, I caught half of the, ultimate fighter one season right there the, the season premiere last night which pretty cool watching him watch it too it's kind of like oh you know again a a, a a a student of this of 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 the art if you will you know looking to always get better and 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 we had a great conversation on just like talking about improving essentially I mean, a lot of different you know we went a lot of different ways but just talking about improving as as people you know and and uh you know I know Faber's that way too, right? Like always looking to get better, you know, and, 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 and to do that, they, they remain humble too. They all, it seems like the great people in business and in life, you have to, you have to have a bit of, you know, that belief in yourself that can be cocky. And I think be a little bit at times, you know, you, you have to believe, you know, cause people not, ever, you know, the, the, sometimes you're doing things that are unbelievable whether it be in, in, in the cage or, or wrestling, you know, you're doing things that are really amazing and, and you got to really believe in that you can do it. And at the same time, you have to be able to bridle that. So it doesn't become cockiness. So it doesn't become overconfidence. It's, it's a really fine balance. And I think sprinkling a little bit of humility and wanting to learn and wanting to look at yourself and reflect, you know, I, I think is one of the ingredients to that, right. To, to, staying you know at the top of your thing whatever that is at, at whatever ability right like look I, i'm never probably going to wrestle exactly like i did at 22 or 23 you know but i've had more fun 40s over 40 wrestling like last year at worlds and wrestling a guy from kazakhstan and i've had you know evolving that and being able to master the craft you know it, it's like you, you it that's a, a key to it i think um, I don't know if that, I don't know if that was exactly the question you asked me there, but you know, I, uh, yeah, no, that was perfect, um, dude. So I think that that's a really interesting segue. So what's, what's, I was going to go real estate and then I was going to end with the MMA wrestling stuff, but since we segued in, let's talk, let's talk about the MMA side of it. And then we can kind of finish with like some of the real estate stuff. But one of the things you said, I think is so important for having a people around that are doing stuff that you can know, like I can actually do this and believe it. Because I was reading David Goggins' book, and he was talking about there's a massive difference between people who hope they can do something and people that believe they can do something. And he's like, 
I can hope that I can run a 200 mile race. He's like, but I better damn well believe it or I'm never going to go out and do it. And I think of that with like students and stuff like that. Like people come into those classrooms to hear you speak and they're like, well, yeah, I hope I can do it. But the only ones that are really going to go and do it is if you let them believe, like they have to believe that they can actually do it or they're never going to take action. They're never going to do stuff. And I think the people that you've surrounded yourself with, the dominant cruises, the Uriah Fabers, the Tham Merrills, the Polisations, like all those types of people throughout your life. You, you see Jeremy Stevens and Jocko and these guys at Victory every day that like have accomplished amazing things like on and off the mats. And I think having that, like a guy like Uriah Faber, like when those guys came up, man, like people weren't making millions of dollars as fighters, you know? So to have done that at a time that you really weren't doing it for the money and still lasted that whole test of time and gone through all that things I think is so important. And then you you touched on like the Dominic Cruz thing. And I, I had Eric Urisk on that. That's uh, the quiet gentleman from there. And he was saying how for like the first couple of years he was at that gym, he fucking hated Dominic Cruz. He was like, because all the guy did was like, point out the things in him that like he didn't want to hear and at the end of the day he was like when i finally became cool with it and i realized like he wasn't being a dick he was being honest and i needed to like hear that he's like it made me a better person and a better fighter because he was like man you're good but you're only doing the stuff you're good at he's like if you were open to actually being better you could be great and you know he took it like the wrong way but at the end he was like this guy has my best interest and that's where that's coming from so like having people around that like a make you know that like they've accomplished amazing shit and so can you i think is a massive thing but then like you said also having like the 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 ego to say i can accomplish great things but then the people around to also slap you upside the head sometimes and i think that's probably why I think fighters, like it's very rare that I meet somebody that's a black belt or a UFC champion or somebody on a high level, like a guy like Ally Quinta, that he doesn't have that ego because they are humbled every day on some level. Like they know like one day you're a hammer, one day you're the nail. But yeah. I also heard Aya Quinta, well, like Chael Sonnen was like, oh, dude, you're getting into real estate. Like it's really hard. And he's like, well, yeah, but like so is being like the ultimate fighter and this and that. Like, why can't I get my black belt? Really? And now he's doing it. So I think it's like that belief there and having people that are going to call you out and keep you humble and keep you honest. That's how you keep in those circles. Cause I have seen it be a very, the guys that don't have some level of humility or have any sort of work ethic, like they might get in the door. They might be there for a few months, but they're not sticking around 10, 15, 20 years in the game in a gym with the guys like you and your eye favor and Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, and, and yeah, it, 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 uh, you know, and Eric, Eric's phenomenal, right? I, I got a chance to work out with him and, and he's, he's one of those people you work out with and you're like, I'd love to work out as more with them. Right. Like, you know, I mean, he, he's, I have a, I, I was saying this last night too. I have a high respect for, for what you guys do, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, the, the black belts and jujitsu and, and, the and, and the, the martial artists who, then test themselves like that's what i like so much about mixed martial arts right like it's not it's not you know i don't think any any of you know the people we've talked about like you know i don't think i don't want to speak for dominic but i i don't think he would say i'm the best boxer ever right i, I think he would say you know and having talked to him i do and that's one thing i do enjoy when you get a chance to talk to these guys that have all been at a high level they they've gotten there because they think about the sport and he definitely thinks about it, you know, in a very unique way from my experience of talking to the different people, you know, um, that we've talked to and, and uh, you know, mixing all the disciplines together is, you know, 
making is is really a masterful art that very few people can do there's a lot of great wrestlers right i mean there's tons of that not you know i mean the elite wrestlers are just great at it how do you make that transition from you know lowering your level to a double leg to then being conscientious of a you know a guy like you who's you know choked me a million times <laughs> you know well, how only because you, you don't know jujitsu yet that's not going to last very long the more you train i'm learning you're teaching me i love it i mean that's the other thing and now you guys like just hey you, you've taken me into so many jujitsu rooms and i've got to work out with these incredible black belts that are just at the highest level what they do and it's it, like you walked me in there and, and I've gotten to be able to roll with these guys. And, I, and I'm just blown away at like, again, what you learn, even in those, in those, in those losses, right. In the, like, you have to be willing to get choked to learn how to choke. You have to be willing to, you know, you have to be willing to, to, I think that's the other thing that, you know, makes all these guys great. Right. Is the, the you know, it is, it's the hardest thing when you lose and you hear fighters talk about it all the time right it's the highest of highs this sport it's the lowest of lows right when you lose it, it it's in front of everybody and it's in a, it's right there and it's really tough to to you know you lost you fell on your face there you know i mean it it's it you have to find a way i think ultimately to to you know you have to have the courage to do that right to like to go out there and lose you know to be and and everybody does you know, the great ones process it and go on, but it takes a lot of courage. Like any of us can talk about, Hey, I'm, I'm good at this and I'm good at that. But to go in there and really put it all on the line, I think says, I, I admire that in those people. And I think that's something that business owners can continue to learn from. Right. I think I, I, you know, can continue to learn from that and be willing to fail, you know, and, 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 you know, be okay with it. And then you develop who you are, right? I think going back to like, you know, people can, you know, say things to you and they, and they can be giving you feedback and you could critically, and you, you know, that's good for us to be able to acknowledge it. Right. And, and then also at the same time, say things like, look, it, it, just because someone says that to me or, or, you know, if I take it personal, that's on me, right? That's my why am I taking that personal? Right. They're only most people, even those that are out there that can be kind of a little annoying at it. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, most people are, are, I think, trying to make us better. They're, they're trying to give us feedback. They're trying to, they're trying to be a part of that, that thing. They don't know it. Sometimes you're like, Whoa, man, that might've been too much, but oftentimes it's, it's trying to like add something to it, not take away. Right. Um, uh, you know, but yeah, I could see Eric, I could see Eric, you know, have, having a, yeah, you know, Dom's a very genuine person. That's one thing I really like about him. He's going to, and I think that's what makes him such a great announcer, like watching him evaluate and break down film and he's real, he's genuine. And I think every athlete, you know, that's important because the other thing too, right. When you get to a certain level in business, you know, life, I think, you know, people tend you might have less of those people around you. I've seen some successful people, you know, get, get so good that they think, you know, they want everyone to tell them what they want to hear, you know? And I've, and I've probably had those moments in my life when things were going really well. Actually, Paul and I talked about yesterday, there was a moment where I didn't necessarily like who I was, you know, with some of the things because I, I was starting to feel like 
you know, I was having good success this way and I hadn't had something really negative happen yet. You know, it's easy to be like the best version of yourself when things are going right. It's harder to be the best version of yourself when you're going through something that's a struggle, you know? Um, and so those people around you that can, can be honest with you, favors one of them, you know, they got to say, you know, will tell me, you know, you're one of them, right? They'll, they'll, you know, you call me and tell me, hey, or, or, or if you have an idea that I might do, right? You, hey, I think this might be good for you. I mean, you've, you know, even the, the, the talked about earlier, the social media stuff that you said, I, you know, I had no idea. Like that was feedback that I, you know, thought, oh, that's good stuff. But it's because you, you were honest with me and told me, right? Because the other side, that's something like, oh, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I think I'm doing the best <laughs> thing already, you know? Well, see, that, that's another thing that I think is very respectable. And I learned this lesson the hard way because, you know, again, like, you know, that it's, it's part of the thing with like the podcast where sometimes like somebody might listen and maybe they had some interaction with me at some point, 10, 15 years. Like, you know, obviously everybody's got stuff, but when you, you grow and you see things different, it's like you don't even recognize the person who acted a certain way or did things a certain way. But I remember one of my and, and I try and learn from things, but there was an incident that happened years ago. And I remember a bunch of people told me like, hey, this is how this person is. This is what she says. This is what she does. This is da da da. And I was like, well, screw her. You know what I mean? And like, like, I remember she called me up and she was like, hey, do you like all these things are happening? Like, do you still want to be my friend? And I was like, no. You know, and then like, I didn't think anything of it because I was like, well, why would I want to be her friend if that's the type of person she is and the type of thing she does? And then I found out like years later that none of that stuff was true. And all those people were completely lying. And I really hurt that person bad because for like now, if you play that back, it's like, no, like, dude, you're such an asshole. Like this person did nothing wrong ever. You stopped like being her support person. And then she called you and asked you like, why are you doing this? And you were like, see ya. Because, and like, I remember from that time, I was like, I will never base my reactions or my relationships with anybody on anything except from my experience with them. You know, cause if I would have done that, I was like, you know, if we really talk this through, like, have I, I've had a lot of interactions with that person and none of them have ever been like what any of those people are saying. So I should have gone with like, hey, you guys can say and do whatever you want. That's fine for you. But for me, I'm going to base it on like, this is how I see this person, how they treat me and I'm going to treat them the same way. And the, the reason I'm bringing that up is because you, sir, have created this young and the restless bromance love triangle thing. <laughs> and of all the people that you could have been best friends with, you had to make your best friend, Uriah Faber's worst enemy, Dominic Cruz, your new best friend. So of everybody in the world, you might that happen, but- I think it says a lot about your character because if you would have only listened to what maybe at that point Dominic Cruz was saying about Uriah Faber, Uriah Faber was saying about Dominic Cruz, you probably had nothing but negative stuff going on, but you formed your own opinion and found great things in them and found your own way to have your own relationships with them regardless. And you don't let them poison each other around you. And I think that like that to me is like a massive character like flaw in other people that it's like, well, everybody else around is saying, so I'm going to be team favor here. I'm going to be Mr. Like, but you don't, you know what I mean? Like you take it for what it is. And I, I think that that's a massive reason why like you have relationships in your life that you keep around for a very long time. Because when I meet people that they're like, I don't have any friends from high school or junior high school or the military or the gym. I'm like, none dude. Like, what are you doing that? Like you like either people don't want to keep you around or you discard people like that, you know, that like, so, I, you know, I think it's a, a definitely like a, a tip on your cap that you can form your own opinions on people. So how has that like helped you in life and in business? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think, you know, it, it helps you in business for sure. And, and I think every business owner should 
I probably, they probably are, but I think it's a good thing to be aware of. It definitely helps you in business. I mean, how does it, how does it help you in business to like not be open to other people? Like, I, like where does that ever come into like, you know, oh, that's going to help me with profits. That's going to help me in the bottom line, right? If I, if I exclude this whole side or this whole group, or if I form an opinion and, and I think even the other, even another layer to that is if I don't let an opinion that I've maybe formed, then be able to be changed, you know? I mean, Lord knows if people held me to things that I might've done, you know, at a more immature time in my life or at a time in my life when I was going through something that, you know, maybe I didn't know exactly how to, you know, express the right way and, and express the wrong way. If, if that was the only thing people, if they set their opinion of me on that, then that's, then that's on them. But, you know, they're, they're missing out because there's, there's a lot of layers to all of us. And I think, you know, uh, <laughs> It is funny that that friendship, which, which I've been very, I feel extremely lucky to have had and not something I would have ever thought of. You would have said to me, you know, 10 years ago, hey, bro, you know, you're going to, you know, be best friends with, with, you know, a guy that beat up, you know, fought your buddy three times and, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, that you, you know, I, I wrestled with favor, right? So for those of the people that, you know, I wrestled with favor. And so we, when I went to Davis, he went to Davis and, you know, we were roommates, um, teammates and, and really developed a really great close friendship. You know, uh, I love him. You know, just like, you know, any good teammates wrestling, you know, you, you get really close with your teammates and he and I live together and, and, uh, yeah, we have a special relationship growing up together. You know, he, he would come out to New York when he, you know, and I remember when he got into fighting and, like you said, like when those, that WEC and the king of the cage and, or cage, or king, I forget. But, you know, those, I remember when he wanted to go fight in any casino and I went out there to watch him outside at any casino. And I, I don't know, you know, what those guys were earning in those years, but obviously nowhere near where it has come. And, and, and they deserve all this, the, the athletes deserve all the success in the world, right? They, they, they deserve, you know, um, I think they, they, they should get paid as much as they, they, you know, they deserve it. You know, it's like, they definitely, that's another one of those things that I think when you get to know these guys and what they go through, you know, to keep their bodies healthy and to train and to be, and, you know, to eat right, right. You know, like wrestling, you know, you got to make a weight class. So that's adding a whole nother component to your entire life. There is I got to be at a category, I got to weigh in at this time. And then I got to go and, and perform at the highest level you know, and hold it together, you know, got to keep my wrestling tight, my, my boxing or my, you know, those things. So I obviously with favor, I didn't really get, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, it was there. Right. And I, I just, that, that was, I, as wrestlers, I think I liked the sport even I saw the original one. Right. But, but it was cool. And so I got to see that and yeah, they, they had some epic battles, you know, and, 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 you know, I, it's funny. Cause I, I, told Dom this I've told him this before he, he would laugh when he heard it say hear me say this it's like so as we talk about it I go man I didn't want to be your friend like I didn't want to be your friend like I you know one of the, the few like I brought it you know but I, I will say this so, so how that kind of came about is you know three degrees of separation San Diego wrestling you know the community uh obviously there but but I was flying back I don't know several years ago a couple of years ago from Las Vegas I was doing an event and I, and I was on Southwest coming back to San Diego. I don't know if I've told you this, maybe I've told you a story, but 
uh, anyhow, I'm sitting in the little kiosk there to board the Southwest plane. I'm sitting there doing some work, you know, and, and Dominic Cruz sits down, come sit down. Guy walks up UFC bag, sits down. He's right in front of me. You know, I'm like, Oh shit. And, uh, you know, I, I knew him because of the, the battles of favor, but it's not like he, you know, he wouldn't know me at all, you know? And so it was kind of cool. We got on the Southwest plane, didn't think anything of it. You know, I don't even think I, I don't think we even acknowledge each other. Right. He had his head down. I don't think we even made, you know, it wasn't like, we're like, Hey bud, like, you know, it was nothing. I just sat there, but we get on the plane and he gets on the plane on Southwest and he gets in the aisle seat. Right. And he, or sorry, he gets in the window seat. Actually he gets in the window seat. I come on, whatever I'm 38 a or something or whatever, you know, the number Southwest. I think I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a line. I'm like, like 12, 15 behind him. And I, I get on the plane. True story. There's nobody in the middle seat. And I, and I prefer an aisle. Like I'm a little taller, definitely taller than he is and favor. I'm taller than both those guys, you know? So I, I, I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I got to sit here. I just got going back to what we talked about earlier. Like those, th- all those things going to my head, like, don't, don't sit down, don't do this. But I was like, dude, I, this is a golden opportunity, you know? So I sit down, I sit down next to him and I, I, I say hello, right. Say hello, start a conversation. I'm sure I, I definitely started the conversation, you know, so hello, start talking to him a little bit, you know, and I didn't tell him I wrestled at Davis. And I didn't tell him, it, he didn't ask, but I didn't like say, like he didn't ask me, but I didn't tell him that I, you know, I knew favor at all. I, I talked about wrestling. We talked about wrestling. I, he told me he wrestled and, and I asked him almost, it was like neat. I got to be like an investigative journalist. I asked him kind of what, you know, that issue is, I, you know, just kind of asked him, you know, what, because I had heard the things and, you know, as didn't like some of the things or I didn't think they're fair, you know, def, you know, everyone can say what they want, but in my head, I was like, Oh, let me ask him. And I, and I'll tell you, Nick, his answer was so genuine and so real. And the conversation that we had was so good that literally by the time, I mean, it's 35 minute flight wasn't that long. You know, <laughs> but by the time we touched down in San Diego, we had covered relationship history. We'd covered the sport. He, you know, we had covered the favorite thing and his work, like what he had, like, Kind of the difference, and and I, I I did tell him this the other day. One of the things he said that I I I had never forgot was that they're different, right? He's like, you know, I'm I'm I I think I think he would say he's more practical and and more maybe direct and more you know, um, I you might call it real or not. I'm not I, I wouldn't say one's more real than the other. For me, I wouldn't say that, but you know, definitely more direct and probably wants a, a, a different type of, you know, he wants you to say you know, whatever it is, right or wrong, I think, you know, uh, and then I, so I think they're a little oil and water. Whereas like, I think, I think favor might be, and, and this was his words. He said, you know, favor is more of an optimist. You know, that's what he said. He said favor is more of an optimist. And I, and I, I respect that. I thought that that's probably true, actually, you know, to some degree, I can't disagree with that. I don't, I, I have to, I don't you know. think you'd be insulted by hearing that. No, you know, no, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but, and by the end of it, we, we, I, I, I remember offering him, I said, you, you know, you want to ride home? you know, cause I had my, my truck there. I, you want to ride home? I said, no, I got to ride whatever. And that was it. And that was it. I, and I left the conversation going, shit, man, I like that guy. You know, <laughs> we didn't exchange numbers, you know, we weren't, we weren't pals by any means, but I said, shit, I like that guy, you know? And, and, you know, fast forward a, a couple of years later, my buddy, I wrestled with at Davis 
he's younger, but he owns a gym here called Fitness Quest 10. And a lot of the fighters train there. When they're getting ready for a fight, they're strength and conditioning. He's a stud wrestler. I mean, it's from Temecula High School, which in California is a top-tier wrestling program. And he's he's an extremely t- great athlete. He, he actually won he won uh, the freestyle veterans, you know, masters tournament for like category B. He's a stud, and and he hadn't wrestled. He'd been you'd love to you'd love to talk with 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 Jeff Bristol. Actually, uh, you'd have him on or something. That'd be. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I see him all over your Instagram. That's a Bristol fit guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I see. I see you tagging him in all your stuff. That's awesome. He'd be a good one. He's got a great story. I, I I'll save that for you and he to talk about. But he's got a great story. Some struggles that he went through as an as an athlete kind of led him down a path that he uh, you know wasn't so great, and and has turned that whole thing around. And and so he's just a great guy all around. But you know, definitely has lived life and had some experiences. You know that he's had to kind of face you know the demons which i think we all have too that's the other thing wrestling you know, all these guys uh, we're all friends with right that you know I, we've talked about we're misfit toys we all got demons yeah. we all got things we're working through and you know some people play chess for it some people play checkers for it or whatever you know we just happen to be in a combat sport you know we like to have that physicality with it you know uh but we're all we're all the same we're you know and 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 but so i jeff and dom were training for a something I don't know if he even had to fight, but he was training. And I, and I, and I went in there at the eight class with him and, and I met my new, another great guy you'd love to OJ Jimenez who's another great wrestler. And, and OJ kind of like, like favor and I, they grew up together more at 17, maybe even younger. So they've been friends a long time. And so I got to work out with them, you know, so they're like, oh shit, here it is again, here we are. And we, we, we had talked about that plane flight. I went, right when I saw him, I was like, Oh man, you know, we kind of like, it was funny because we talked about the play and he's like, I remember that, you know, whatever. And we just worked out, you know, and, and again, we just kind of grew from there. Like I uh, definitely, uh, bit, yeah, it's the, it's an unlikely thing, but it, it definitely, I feel, I feel better for it as a person. And, uh, and I think those two guys are becoming better friends too. Don't tell anyone. I yeah. Think, I, I, <laughs> I think, you know, I don't know if you'll catch them going out for beers like you and I might. They might not go to the club together all the time, but but I think they like each other more than they, they let on. I, you know, I mean, I think they, you know, I think they're, they've become better. They've, they've learned to know each other more, you know. I'm saying because, after what, like like 80 minutes of fighting each, at some level, you got to have at least like a mutual respect, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they and they definitely made each other better. And the entire sport for that matter in that category, right? Those two, I would say, and there's a lot of greats. I mean, it's, you know, but those two are, are probably the most responsible in a lot of ways for that weight class. And for us really appreciating the lightweights, like we always had in wrestling and those guys both came from a wrestling background, right? They both, they both came from a wrestling background. That's where they, I think they started their evolution. The MMA comes from wrestling, right? And, you know, to see, I love, I love the lightweights. I, I think it's the most exciting divisions. I, I think, you know, it's the, the most talented in a lot of ways and not taking away from the heavyweights, things like that. I obviously, you know, it's all good, but I, I definitely like that. Those divisions, you know, that the, they're, they're, yeah, it's fun to watch, you know? And- yeah, man. No, I a hundred percent agree. And I think like what we were saying earlier, dude, I, every, I mean, I had your eye on the podcast prior 
Um, you know, and I Quinta had always said great things about him. It doesn't, you don't get like a better guys than like an ally Quinta type of dude, but you know, he always said great things about Uriah. Everybody I always talked to always said great things about Uriah and dude, he was so cool when he came on the podcast and then we'll be like, we were at his house having sushi and just watching him be like a good dad. And like, I was like, dude, like what, like, what am I going to do? But that's like the kind of guy where you're like, man, he doesn't like, he doesn't see himself the way that everybody sees him. You know what I mean? Like, he's like working for it every day, but man, what, what a, what a great guy, man. I really, I, I have nothing but like good things to say. Like, how do you meet that guy? Not like that guy. Unless I guess you're on the other side of the cage for a moment. You know what I mean? I guess like, yeah, that's really yeah. But, yeah. you know, what, what we were talking about was, I think it's like a great way to kind of like taper this off is the circles you've surrounded yourself with make you believe that you can do amazing things. And I think people don't see what goes on in the background. And we were talking about like, I'm not happy at all the way that UFC is handling the Aljamain Sterling stuff right now, make him turn around. I think Aljo's taking is like, I'm going to turn around and shove it up their ass. But like you pointed out, like, will people go, well, like, yeah, well, he only fought for like 20, 25. Yeah, but dude, it was months and months of training and dieting. You don't know what injuries he went into that with. Like, all the things that these guys deal with on like all these other levels. And Alger used to have a shirt. I used to talk about it during the classes, but it said, it's what I do when no one's watching. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's not that fight. It's every training session, every meal, the weight cut, missing a birthday, missing this, waking up early, not having the fries, not doing like all those small decisions, all those small sacrifices are why that guy is now on top of the world. And they're still trying to take it away from him every day, which I don't agree. So shout out to Aljo. Fuck them. Like go out, beat O'Malley. You and I will be there cheering them on with Raging Ally Quinto. I'm fun that you guys get to meet each other. Maybe oh, nice. Dominic or I want to come too. But, you know, having that side of it, I think, is also the entrepreneurial side. You know, like, well, I watch Million Dollar Listing. I want to be a, a real estate broker. I want to, like, own my own brokerage like Jeremy and his dad do. Or I want to be a real estate investor. And I want to do all these things. But they don't see us signing those contracts, not knowing if you're going to make that private investor back his money or, or not knowing it, like, Oh, I wrote the deeds all wrong. Cause it's a mortgage state, not a deed state or like the market changing or how interest rates are being effective. Like we're putting our asses on the line. Like we have every contract, every house I buy, like you are risking, like the market could turn, like the deal could go bare, the house could burn down. I could lose my ass, but they don't see like those losses and those ass kickings and those battles that we have every single day. They just see the Instagram photos of you, running around California saying sold like heritage just flipped another house. But like the same way, I think the fighters and everybody, like anything that anybody does that they're successful in, they're taking way more beatings and having way more hard days. Like it's not all sunshine and roses. And I think people get this misrepresentation of like, I'm going to be like, even just the modeling, like you said, dude, I didn't even think about that, that you constantly got to be like, yeah, I'm on the cover of a magazine today, but where's my next meal coming from? I'm, I'm 15 years old. I might've just peaked like, like there's all these things, like nothing that's worth having in life is really as easy as it looks. And if you want something bad enough, you're going to get your ass kicked and show up the next day. And that's why I think it's always easy when you see a guy like you transition into business, when you've come from that background of like, I'm going to walk into the wrestling room, I'm going to get my ass kicked all day and I'm going to show up again tomorrow. Or the ally Quintas that like yell at the, the crowd and they go, you're going to boo me? Like I just fought Jorge Masvidal in front of all you for your entertainment for 15 minutes. I fought my ass off and I have a scar on my face for the rest of my life. So you drunk could be entertaining. You're going to boo me. Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff I think is like amazing, man. So talk about some of like the, the, the struggles and the downsides that make it worth it. That isn't like all the beautiful parts about success that maybe people don't see of like what it really does take to be on top. Yeah. The, the, the struggles and the downside. Well, I mean, I think like you said, right. You mentioned it, right. Like, like I've never, I've never had a quote unquote real job, right. I've, I've always been a 1099 or self-employed person. That's, that's how, and, and 
that that I think in of itself, you know, you you there come there's there's a an, a certain amount of anxiety that you have that you have to get comfortable with there because you don't have this paycheck coming in. You know, you have to you have to get out there and do the work, you know, and that's the result. But you know, and I I think that's something I didn't really think about this before, but as you're talking about it, that's probably a commonality we all have with, you know, your mixed martial artists and your athletes in general, right. Is, you know, they're 1099 too, right. Like they're, they're self-employed. They're, 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 they're their own business. Right. And, you know, to do what they have to do to get in that, in that ring, you know, to get in the cage and, and to make that, you know, that whatever that is on that contract, right. They, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot of behind the scenes and a lot of choices that, that, you know, we make you and I make that, uh, you know, I think ultimately we wouldn't do it if it wasn't right for us. It doesn't mean that every day's fun. It doesn't mean that, you know, that, that it isn't, you know, have, I mean, I could, there's hundreds, like you said, like, I mean, example, we're working on a property in normal Heights right now, which is like, you'd love this house. Great little two bedroom, one bath picked it up for 595,000, right? And some people like the Midwest be like, holy cow, you know, <laughs> 994 square feet. It was built in the 1930s. Um, you know, an interesting fun fact about it that again, this would be a more of a positive, but things you find out when you invest in the, like a neighbor comes over, he's like, oh, this used to be all military housing. And you look at it like, whoa, I didn't know that. Like that's from the thirties, that, that was old military housing that, that they built. And that's why, you know, uh that that whole area kind of looks the way it does but it was all built out of redwood uh so this wood's in great shape but one of the things you know that came up for us on this one was was the main plumbing line was just trash it was old that old cast iron you know and and it was cracked so we ended up having to and and we got a camera in there for the inspection which you know is a smart thing to do five six hundred bucks but there was no real way, you know, again, you can do all the, the checks and balances, but you're still going to have surprises, right? You still, you still going to have things. And this was one of those things. And it was like, you know, not something I wanted to hear that day, you know, but you got to just address it and do it, you know? And I think that goes back to making sure that you understand that you got to have the money to do it. Right. Cause things are going to yeah, pop yeah, up, yeah. you know, so got to be able to have the, the capital to do it or know someone that does. And, you know, I think buying it right. Uh, but that was one this week that was just like, oh, you know, just there goes 10 grand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not quite, but it was, you know, dig it out, you know, just an extra part. And the funny thing is it's a part of the budget. No one's ever going to see house goes on the market. No, you know, we'll tell them obviously we disclosed new, new plumbing line, but the, you know, the husband and wife buyer is not going to go in there and go, Oh, honey, this is great. They redid all new ABS throughout the whole bottom. You know, <laughs> they're not going to exactly. care. At the end of the day, they're going to look at the kitchen. So we had to allocate some funds for their, for their plumbing. You know, it's just like we just said with the fighting, it's the stuff that they don't see. Yeah. You know, they see the finished product, the stuff, all the other stuff that really made it a great house, they're never going to see. You know what I mean? It's like you put on all the hard work for that, man. And I think it's, it's one of those things where, again, like there's been plenty of projects where in the middle of them, and I forgot, like Nicole reminds me sometimes, she's like, you literally were like, I'm never going to do real estate again. And then you make like six figures on that and you forget like all the same things, like, you know, Dom wins his fight, wins his title, wins his championship. Uriah is in the Hall of Fame. Like you forget like how bad the weight cuts suck when you get those. And I think that's the, you know, circling the whole thing back to like when you are looking to achieve great things, like 
and you and you achieve those goals on such a high level, the stuff that like you really worked for, you really struggled for, the good always outweighs the bad as long as you're willing to swing the bat on it. So talk a little bit about now, like good versus great. What you're doing in real estate is great, man. Talk heritage, like the stuff you and your family have built, what you're doing right now. How can people work with you? How can you help people? Southern California, all over the country. Talk all things heritage, real estate, Jeremy Black, Jeremy Black's dad, all of the above. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. Remind me that I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you a story. I talk about the weight cut. You know, I'll tell you that first. So the weight cut. You know, funny like the when I did the U.S. Open this the last April or April a couple weeks ago, a month ago or so. Dom helped me with my weight cut, right? And and as I was doing it, walking back and forth, he's he's telling me this story. And and part of the he's like, look, you know, he's like, you got to love this. He's like, you got to love the things that suck because there'll come a time in your life where you would die to be able to do a weight cut again. Like where you'll, you know, like to go, because you, you, you go through that miserable moment, you, you know, it's like, you know what that's like. It's like, you got to love those things. Um, and, 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 and the funny thing is, so I, I'm, I'm like trying to, you know, cut six pounds of water in like an hour, right. Or something. I'm <laughs> feeling terrible. I'm like he's already had to be blankets on basically just talking to me to get me through it. But he, I, I go, that's great. Where did, you know, maybe it wasn't even that profound. Maybe now it doesn't sound that great. But at the moment, it sounded like the best thing I'd ever heard. And I go, where'd you hear that story? He goes, dude, I was having a miserable weight cut. And Danny Castillo came up to me and told me that. And I looked at him and I just going back to the funny things. And, and I, Danny, I, that's the other thing I love about these guys, not to keep on them too long, but you know, they, they're all all right. But <laughs> I, I really love how much these guys take the time. Like we obviously love them and admire them, but they also come out and take the time. Like all those guys came to watch us wrestle in Vegas. Dom was there, Castillo, Faber, uh, you know, who else showed up was, uh, was uh, Cody. No love showed up, Okay. you know, and, and, uh, and the carpenter showed up too. Right. It was like, everybody everybody they're all watching you know and they were they're like kids all watching wrestling right because i think they all kind of come from that background too and so that that was just a surreal moment my dad was there you know we're all looking at they're all these guys and they're cheering on like jeff bristol's match right and they're all just screaming for the guy right you're just like that's what it's about right like you know um and i think that is kind of what we're about, right? At our company, right? That's, that's what we're about, right? You, we celebrate the wins. We, we celebrate the wins for our clients. I mean, we, we are at the end of the day at, at Heritage Real Estate as a service company, we're providing a service that, that people can get anywhere they want, right? They, you know, they don't need to, to select us. And I, I, I think it's, I, I take it very, very seriously. And, and I, it's honor. It, it's an honor for us when, someone says, Hey, we trust you to help us sell their house. You know, that's a $5 million home, you know, here in La Jolla, or it's a, you know, nine, a $500,000 home in normal Heights, right? It, 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 it's an honor to be able to help those. And the same thing, you know, letting the, helping someone buy a house, right. And walk into a bunch of different homes when they try, you know, and they will you know, make, make a bunch of offers for them that don't go in and, you know, don't get accepted. And they got to, you know, helping them through that process, whether that's listening to them, you know, being a shoulder sometimes, you know, letting them vent, you know, I think that's, that's all comes down to who we are, right. You know, as a company, you know, we, we have that ability, the brokerage, right. Heritage, Heritage, you know, 
real estate as a brokerage, but also the, the mortgage company, you know, helping people do their refinances, which, you know, my sister runs that side of the company and, you know, it's, it's great that we can help people, you know, help them get in a, a, in a, in a loan that's right for them. And I, and I like being able to, as their agent, it's always nice to know that they can afford what they're buying or at least guide them in that way. Right. And I think that's the other thing. Sometimes you have to tell people in those scenarios what they can't do. Right. Going back to like having a you know, Dom, you know, hey, you can't do it that way. It may not, you know, you need that. And sometimes you learn those from people that do it better than us because you apply that. And so, you know, sometimes that's what we do for our client too. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it's, it's been, yeah. I mean, that's like, we're, we're, uh, we, we cheer on our, 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 our clients, our friends, our customers. We're a small, I would call us a small boutique company that, you know, you kind of do become like you, like, you know, our clients are clients for life, you know, and their family and three generations we've, we've sold, you know, kids homes and, that we help their parents buy a home. That that's the that's the the whole thing, you know. That's awesome, man. I, I could tell from uh, you and your dad both that there's a lot of pride in what you guys have built and what you're continuing to build out. So again, all, all the links and stuff will be in there. But how do people find you, track you down, work with you if they want to buy their home, sell their home, get an investment property out there, the whole Southern California, get a loan, all things like how do they connect with you? What are the best ways to connect with you and find you in your heritage real estate? Uh, I mean, the best way to find the company would go online. And then Instagram, we've been doing, because thanks to you, we've been doing a lot more on there. I, I, I started doing more versus Heritage has its own Instagram. But what I started doing kind of off of things that we had is I just started using my own, right? Because it is a good way because I've, I've been kind of doing more housing, trying to post that on there. So I, I would come see us at, at mine, right? It's, it's Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, what's that underscore little thing? Uh, Black 184. Uh, and then from there, that actually goes to our website heritage. Uh, so you can go there and click on our website. Um, but I'll give you the website too. The website is, is www.heritagerealestatesd.com. Awesome. Right there. There it is. <laughs> oh, and I will put well, all that in the show notes. So when you guys listen to this, if you go on the show notes, it'll be clickable. You can connect with Jeremy. You can connect heritage. And uh, hey, maybe I'll even put a, a Uriah Faber and Dominic Cruz link in there too. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll you see. Should get, you should, now you got to get Dom on the thing. Off the call, <laughs> we have to get him on there. You have yeah. to get him on there. I mean, I can give him my phone number if you want. You tell me. You you know that stuff. I mean, it, easiest ways to get a hold of me on my phone or text me. You know. No, you don't want that. Stick with the Instagram. You can link from there, man. Especially you know the the ladies watching this, the male model, no beer. Now you don't want that. Your your girl's not going to appreciate that, man. But, <laughs> but you, sir. Have been awesome with your time, man. You bring your A-game to everything you do. This has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game today. Any final thoughts before I let you go about your day, sir? Uh, thanks for having me. It was, it was a real pleasure. It was awesome. Well, it was an honor to be your first podcast host. I think you crushed it. I think you're going to have your own podcast soon enough, man. And uh, I'll hit you up this week. And uh, we'll definitely see each other uh, in Boston soon. Go Aljamain Sterling. Link you up with Ty Quinta. We'll have an awesome week. Jeremy Black, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic day. Yes, sir. Love you, buddy. Thank you.